Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Badham. And in this episode, we're going to consider the tools and resources needed to ensure successful L&D and workforce planning initiatives. Listen to as we chat about what it takes for HR to foster an environment that successfully elevates employee well-being and career development. My guests, yes, that's right, plural listeners, I've got two guests this time, are Phil Harrington, Chairman and CEO, and Dr. Spencer Niles, Senior Vice President, Career Planning and Development at CUDA, a career guidance solutions provider. Dr. Niles is also, by the way, Professor of Counselor Education and Co-Director of the Thrive Research and Intervention Centre at the William and Mary School of Education in Williamsburg in beautiful Virginia. CUDA offers tools and resources for career planners at all life stages while supporting collaboration between education, business and community stakeholders to drive economic success. Phil and Dr. Niles, welcome to the HR Chat Show today. Thank you, Bill. Hi, Bill. Nice to meet you. As we always do on this show, why don't we start by uh, just getting a sense of, of you guys. I'd love for you each to introduce yourselves. Phil, why, why don't you go first? Sure. Thanks, Bill. Phil Harrington. Um, I'm the chairman and CEO of uh, Cooter Inc. And we started this company uh, about 24 years ago. Okay, wonderful. And, and Dr. Niles, what about you? I have been working with Cooter in various capacities for at least, gosh, I've lost track. Phil and I try to recollect. I think it might be about 15 years, Bill, something like that. And as you mentioned, I've got this day gig at uh, William & Mary in the Counselor Education Program, prior to that at Penn State, and prior to that at the University of Virginia. Okay, 15 years. So I guess you started there when you were about 21. Exactly. <laughs> How did you know that, Mike? <laughs> Doing that without seeing him, absolutely amazing, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Phil, let, let's get into the, the, the meat of, uh, of today's chat. I'd love for you now to tell us a bit about the, the CUDA mission to be the global authority in career guidance and its comprehensive resource database for, for career planning in, in, in the context of COVID-19 applicability. Thanks, Bill. I, I tell you, it's, you, you read a company's mission, including ours, and you think, man, those are some big words and some, some heavy lift. Let me, let me kind of put it in pretty, what I pretty, we take a pretty common sense approach, layman's approach to this thing and just tell you a little bit about who we are and what we do, Bill, if that's okay. We, we started this 24 years ago with the intention to really try to raise the aspirations and provide hope in the field of career planning for, for youth, primarily when we started, Bill, in the, in the United States. That was our focus. And we really said three things. How do we help more kids transition from middle school to high school? Two, how do we help more kids transition from high school to college? And three, and college being whatever that is, because we take a pretty strong belief that not every child needs a four-year degree, but they need education beyond high school. And then, you know, how do we help people find their happiness and success in the workforce? And, and that's where we started 24 years ago. And life's changed as any company has. We've expanded, we've grown, we've adapted. We're outside the United States in a big way with offices in East Africa and Singapore and South Korea and the Middle East, and we continue to build highly customized talent pipelines across the globe. That's really what we do. And so the mission, you know, I always come back to a mission to model for me, Bill. And that is 24 years ago, we said this, you cannot be what you cannot see. Cooter helps you see what you can become. And that's what we've been doing every single day since then. Let's talk a bit about people who are 
trying to find their passions and and uh, and, and and achieve goals at, at the moment. A lot of folk, for different reasons, have, have, have left roles. Perhaps you know, maybe, maybe they've that that was not out of choice, or maybe they've been a bit introspective and they've said, you know what, I'm doing a job that I really don't enjoy, and um, and this has been my wake up call to maybe pivot and look for a different career. Um, in, in, in your opinion, what are the what are the traditional and, and the new COVID related challenges a job seeker would face when considering moving into a different career, in, including obtaining those new skills in, in, a, in a socially distant environment? And I just want to add to that when I say new skills, you know, there's, there's a lot of folk who are trying to get back into the jobs market right now and are terribly worried that um, automation is taking over everywhere. So it's it, it is incredibly important i think that that folk are aware and um are, are actively pursuing ways to to stay relevant great question a lot there's a lot in that question bill so i'm going to i'm going to try to to respond as, as best i can and we'll ask uh, dr niles to jump in here wherever he feels comfortable i would i would say this if you go back to the pandemic what what happened from our organization standpoint of you know, what What happened to the world? Well, the world, you know, none of us knew what was going to happen, how many people were going to be furloughed, how many people were going to become unemployed. And so as an organization, we looked at it and said, how are we going to help individuals uh, survive through their their um, their time uh, of, of furlough and, and trauma that they're going to face? So we're going to talk, I'm hoping we get a chance to talk a little bit about Hope Central today, because that's a big part of what, what we've been able to do with covid but I think the key thing that you said to me, Bill, that really kind of put my antennas up, I was like, dang, Bill, you, you kind of know your stuff here. Because one of the things that we know is that a lot of people are in jobs pre-pandemic, during pandemic and post-pandemic that they're not real happy with. Right. And that's our, our job has all, all along been to say, how do we help people find happiness and success in the workplace? It's where you spend the majority of your time. And yet a lot of us are pretty unhappy. What we know is that if you focus from a career planning standpoint, if you focus your attention on what you're passionate about and what your interests are in, and not just your skills, but skills is not the only part of the answer here, right? You and I could go out and find a skill and go get a job and be miserable every single day of our life, and that's not what we're after. What we say is, let's help find what the passion is, what your true work values are, what are those things that are important to you in the world of work. And then build the skill set to the abilities that you have. And that's what we always say makes a happy camper. So I think that's an important thing for us to, to, to kind of set the stage with of, of the type of work we do. Yes, people are going to need to find new skills because the, the world is changing. I, I have learned more technological skills in the past 14 months than I have in the prior 40 years, which does date me a little bit. But we're doing things with technology that I never dreamed of. I never imagined that I wouldn't have to hop on a plane and fly halfway across the globe for or all the way around the globe for meetings. Now we do them this way. So how is it being delivered? I think uh, most universities, most trainers, most programs have done a really, well, they've done a hell of a job in, in providing training to individuals on a remote basis. Think about, though, the one thing that I miss, and, and hopefully it'll be back with our team, like like so many companies, we're trying to hire employees today. All of those interviews are being done, you know, through Teams or Zoom or some type of video chat. It is not the same. It just isn't. I like to have that one-on-one -on -one conversation. So I think that's a big piece that, that does miss in, uh, in COVID. 
and uh, in the job job seeking for people because I think that interview process is always better face to face. Dr. Niles, what would you say to that? I agree with uh, everything you said. What we're talking about here, uh, we're talking about adaptability, and we've always known that's important in employees. But I think now, maybe more than ever, certainly uh, no less than any other time, adaptability, the capacity to take in new information that you acquire from the things that you do, the experiences that you have each and every day, and then use that information to inform yourself in terms of what you're, what you're doing, what you're about, and, 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 and ways you can uh, increase your contributions to your employer. I think that's all critically important in the in the pandemic has demonstrated that uh, as much as any event certainly in my in my lifetime and so this capacity to adapt is critical uh, we know that from biology any species that doesn't adapt becomes extinct any worker that doesn't learn how to adapt learn how to use the new information they get each and every day to pay attention to that information integrate it and then figure out ways to use that either where they are now or to move to a place that might be a better fit for, for them. Uh, any worker that doesn't have the capacity to do that uh, in one way or another, to, to go back to the biological term, uh, becomes extinct. Well, heavens forbid, we don't want that to happen. I've got plans. I can't go, I can't go extinct. Um, <laughs> you're, an adaptable, you're an adaptable person, so of course. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to keep evolving. Okay, uh, actually, Dr. Miles, I, I want to I pursue this with you a little bit more. As part of my homework ahead of this interview today, I, I found a, a post written by you quite recently. It was uh, April 2021. Uh, it was on it was on Sherm, um, and it was called Career Development Challenges and Possibilities. Oh. In it, you suggested the following, and this is a long quote, listeners, so bear with me, but it's, I think it's a very insightful one, so I've taken the whole thing. In it, you suggested, what were once recommendations to workers that they demonstrate the capacity to adapt to changing conditions, new developments, and emerging challenges are now requirements. It is now necessary for workers to take responsibility for ongoing engagement in learning. They must demonstrate their ability to collaborate, work effectively in teams, and communicate in culturally responsive ways. Then you go on to write that these new requirements intersect to create questions that workers can carry with them each day. And, and here are some questions that you suggest. How do I maintain my marketability? What new learning should I pursue? How do I assess, assess the impacts of recent events relative to my career options? What strategies should I use to ensure that I am valued by my employer and perform at a high level? How do I increase my cultural competence? How can I find a job that values my skill sets? And you suggest a bunch more than those. There, there's a lot to unpack there. Dr. Niles, can, can you maybe take a couple of minutes and, and summarize some of those fears that many employees have of being left behind and or becoming obsolete? Geez, I feel a bit overwhelmed by that list you just read, Bill. <laughs> but, but, I, but I think, you know, frankly, you would expect me to say this, but I think it's right on in terms of what's required of, of, uh, of workers uh, today. And I think one of the things, in addition to what I uh, mentioned in that article and you just read off, one of the things that I think many workers struggle with and uh, it causes difficulty for them in their career development is having uh, uh, a systematic approach 
to managing their careers, for taking responsibility for managing their careers and knowing how to do that. You know, um, I, I, say, I would say in the U.S. and in Canada, we don't do a very good job of equipping young people, uh, adults, uh, young adults, uh, later adults, uh, in knowing how to manage their careers effectively. So one of the things that's embedded within Cooter's newest uh, solution called Hope Central is a, a system for that teaches people how to manage their careers uh, across uh, the rest of their lives, across their lifespan. And it teaches uh, very essential and I think straightforward competencies that people can learn, they can develop, they can grow. And, they, and the more that they do that, they begin to uh, uh, be more and more in tune with the choices they're making, the places where they're located within a particular uh, work situation, the degree to which that might not fit now and maybe what Maybe it fit before, but it doesn't fit now. What changes do I need to make? What ways do I need to grow? How do I need to learn? All those kinds of things. And so having a system, uh, and it's based in a, a theory I was involved in developing called Hope Action Theory that teaches people a system for managing their careers effectively. They've got to have that, integrate that. Otherwise, it's just we're all reactive. The more that we're reactive, the more we find ourselves, I think, to be, uh, we increase the probability we're going to be in a very difficult situation relative to our careers. So the key is shifting from reactivity to being proactive and having a system like what's embedded in Hope Central uh, is one way to do that. Phil, in your opinion, what, what are some of the big questions maybe that you and your team have heard from HR professionals when, when trying to create or refine strategies that will foster an environment that elevates employee well-being and, and career development. In addition, how have requirements been changed by, by the crisis and its aftermath? I think like every HR person and company, regardless of what size it is, it's always about what you hear, the conversation is always about, you know, engagement with your employees, right? How do we keep them best engaged? And so I think, you know, almost, um, I would say pre-pandemic, uh, what we were hearing from people was, uh, what are the things that we can do? A lot of a lot of discussion was going into uh, mindfulness and uh, that type of engagement that was maybe never brought to the to the screen before to the front front page, at least from HR standpoint. But it, what's interesting is that when you ask that question, I, my head kind of goes to the uh, Strata Gallup study that was done back in 2020, and I don't know if you're familiar with that or not, but it really kind of outlined what is on the mind of employees and then on HR professionals. And so this was, I'm, I'm not going to quote chapter and verse of it, but kind of give you the, the, the lion's share of it. Basically individuals were asked some 350,000 people, I think were asked, you know, where would you seek information about career guidance? And the number one answer for people was, well, I'm, I'm going to go to HR. The scary part was bill. Then when you turned to HR and said, hey, are you aware of this? Most mm -hmm. HR people said, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I am not trained to provide career guidance. And so <clears throat> when you think about some of the dilemmas that are out there, both pre-pandemic, during pandemic, and now pandemic, is career guidance is probably never going to become as important as it is today. It's never been as important as it is today. Because as we all know, we moved to a remote working environment. It is no longer 
you don't have to be located in a specific location to get a job. You think about what's changed in our lives from you go to the office to work to now I can work from anywhere, anywhere in the world. And so the competition for employees is completely different. And from an employee standpoint, as I think about my life, what career guidance, career planning, career development do I need? And so I think what we're hearing most frequently from HR professionals today um, is how do I provide better training and how do I become better trained in, in the field of career guidance? And so from our standpoint, from a company standpoint, we've done a couple things. We've we've actually created a course called the Career Advisor Training. It's an internationally certified course to help really uh, those individuals that are in an HR role, probably didn't have much professional development in the area of career guidance. We, we now provide that. Uh, certification and training, and we're doing an enormous amount of virtual coaching as well. So it's it's kind of the big topic today, I think, uh, is what we're hearing from HR pros uh, across the country. Phil, I'd like to stay with you for a moment. It's interesting. I, I did I have, an interview. We have an extra bedroom if you need a if you need a place to stay. That's no problem. You can do that. <laughs> okay. No, noted. Uh, if 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 I'm ever that way, I will. Okay. I will We'd love call. to have you. <laughs> um, I, I'd actually just like to talk now, though, with you about uh, succession planning. Just earlier today, I, I, I was interviewing a CHRO who, who suggested that, from what he's seen from from places such as Gartner that you mentioned a moment ago, up to twenty five percent of the workforce are expected to become mobile this year. Twenty five percent. Now, obviously, it depends on what industry you're in, and so on and so forth, but. That's a huge sea change. Okay, that 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 that's that's yeah. massive, and and it's not entirely unexpected because a lot of people have been sitting on roles that maybe they're not loving, but they're too scared to move during during the crisis. In terms of succession planning, sure, you you can you can do lots of things to try and keep people ha- happy and and offer ways for them to develop within a company and so on and so forth. But some people, apparently, about twenty five percent of them, that they'll st- they're still going to want to move. Um, so despite all best efforts, a, a company will never retain all of their top talent. How can firms scared of losing high performing employees in a rebounding labor market at least ensure that they have trained folks within the company ready to step up when when called upon? First and foremost on that, Bill, I, I would tell you that I think all of us as employers and HR professionals certainly need to be in intense communication with a big uh, with a big ear listening to what's going on in the mind of our uh, employees or associates. But I do think from a training standpoint, you know, we're, we're Cougar itself is a fairly small company in, in, in terms of numbers of employees, we're less than hundred full-time employees. But what we have to do like everybody else is, is make certain that we are upskilling and training internally for the day that, you know, all of us are going to be replaced somehow, some way. So we really do have to be bringing what I'm going to say, not just necessarily younger by age, but newer associates to the company to make certain that you've got a backstop uh, built in at all times because the frailties of life, but also now in this uh, this current work environment where I can go anywhere at any time uh, and work for anyone anywhere in the world. It is a complete, as you say, massive sea change. Uh, so it becomes critically important that those um, senior level officials in your organization really have to be sharing more information with the more junior people than we've ever thought about before. I, I I think that is critically important. Okay, chaps, we are already coming towards the end of this interview. Just a few more questions for you. Uh, the next okay. one I'd, I'd like I'd like uh, to hear from both of you, and I'm going to challenge you again in 
for each of you to answer in 60 seconds or less. Tell our, tell our listeners a bit more about uh, Hope Central that, that Dr. Niles mentioned earlier and, and the notion of hope as a currency, if you don't mind. Tell us also about what happens to those who are in deficit of hope following weeks or maybe even months, unfortunately, on uh, virtual job boards. Hope Central was created, Bill, when the pandemic hit. We knew that there's going to be an extreme amount of furloughs and layoffs. What we didn't, what I personally didn't know and learned very quickly is that those situations create one of the most traumatic experiences a life, a person a lifetime will have. Um, we brought in a team of experts who explained to me early on, they said, you think about the worst trauma in your life, long-term and short-term unemployment is as traumatic as those events. And so we set out on a course of action to say, how do we help people through that? I mean, our job has been every day is to wake up every morning and help people find happiness and success in their life. And when this happened, it was like, okay, this is not just about finding a job anymore, folks. This is about survival. And so we turned to a, a host of experts from around the globe to bring them together to help coach us through and help us design a new product called Hope Central. And really, the reason that Dr. Niles was so important in this, and I'm going to ask Dr. Niles to talk a little bit more about it, is there's probably no one living today that knows more about the theory of hope than, than Dr. Niles. And so what does that mean to an individual to get us through the traumatic experience? And then when we're ready, get back to work. And you mentioned that a long time ago in this interview, Bill, you talked about not everybody's ready at the same time. And, and you're very bright about that, that it's a different time for all of us when we're ready to go back to work. Dr. Niles, if you don't mind, I'm going to turn my time over to you and ask you to Talk about what Hope Central is, how it works, what it does, how it impacts the lives of individuals, and, and really the outcomes that we're seeing. Sure. Yeah. Well, Bill, we we view Hope as really the fuel that drives positive engagement with uh, career and life planning. Without Hope, there's no reason for actually for anybody to really uh, to engage constructively and proactively in planning for their lives. And so uh, that that leaves then the question of, well, how do you help people create and sustain a sense of hope? And when we say the word hope, we don't mean hope from the perspective of wishful thinking. I hope it turns out okay. That's not what we're referring to. We're talking about hope, a version of hope that's action-oriented, that is embedded in personal agency and proactive uh, action uh, to manage your career effectively in ways that we've already actually been talking about on, on our in our uh, meeting here today. And so um, so it's engaged in uh, things like paying attention, uh, uh, self-reflection, paying attention to what you're experiencing, what it has to teach you. Uh, developing a sense of self-clarity from that, that uh, really uh, what you really understand who you are, what you're about, what's important to you, what you what you enjoy doing, what your interests are. You know, interest comes from the Latin interest. It is between it is between you and the world. How do you connect yourself to the world in a meaningful way using the skills that are your sort of sig signature strengths so that you can contribute in a way that you're passionate about and that your employer values. And then it's uh, often it's using that information to really uh, develop a vision for your future, a vision focused on possibility thinking that captures your energy and your and your positivity and again your passion that from then you you make uh, you make plans and goals, you implement them, you adapt as you uh, implement, think about anything you've done in your life, you, you implement a, um, a goal. And then once you implement, you learn all the things you didn't know before you implemented that uh, action step. Uh, 
And so what do you do with that new information? You have to use it to inform who you are and who you're becoming and, and where you're headed. And right then you're back into self-reflection again. So by helping people learn a system that can they can use to manage their careers, it gives them a sort of foundation to move from. And it gives them a sense of, of, of hope in terms of, I, I, I know how to do this. And it, most people don't. Most people have no clue. I've got I've got visions of little Pandora sitting next to her box, not having a clue what to do. Don't be like Pandora. Um, don't hey, be like Pandora. <laughs> don't <No>. be like Pandora. <laughs> 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 uh, chaps, um, I have got back-to-back interviews today, so uh, I've only got another minute or two with you, unfortunately. I would love to sit here and, and chat about this more because you guys do inspiring and good work but before we do wrap up for today how can how can we learn more about you and while you tell us that perhaps you can also share with us what you're hoping for for cuda post pandemic and and further in the future and if you wouldn't mind doing doing that each in 60 seconds or less uh phil why don't you go first sure thanks bill appreciate the time today we're, we're really easy to get access to www.cuder.com and and that will get you to us to chat, visit, bid call, whatever you want to do. I think the other thing I wanted to just mention as we close up here, Bill, is that, you know, you, you asked me a question earlier about, you know, what are we finding from HR professionals? And the big thing that we did here, and I, I relate it, but I want to just mention it one more time. HR professionals have been telling us for more than a year, they aren't feeling prepared to provide career guidance. And so we do work as a partner with SHRM, and there is a course that we offer through uh, uh, through SHRM that individuals can find uh, that will help really upskill their skill set in the field of career guidance, and it's a fundamental skills uh, for them. Anyway, where do I think we're going to go as an organization? With, with all due respect, you know, like a lot of companies, we've had one of the best years we've ever had in the history of the company. Uh, I think uh, there has never been a greater time and need for career guidance as there is today, and, and people need good, strong uh, assets to be, to, to be able to help lead them into the future. And so we see a, a very, very bright future for Cooter and what we're doing and, and those partners and HR professionals that we work with across the globe. So um, we look forward to a bright future. Thanks so much for your time today, Bill. Very generous of you and great questions. Dr. Niles, why don't you take us home for, for, the, for this interview? Why, why don't you wrap it up by, uh, by adding, and adding a little bit more there to, to what Phil said? Sure. One thing we haven't mentioned, Bill, is the fact that Cooter is very much engaged in uh, developing systems that are research-based, that they're, they're grounded in research evidence. And so what I'm excited about in terms of the future of Cooter is that it keeps evolving in ways that's informed by data, that's informed by circumstances that people are experiencing in their careers real-time, not 10 years ago, not 20 years ago, but real-time challenges, and they provide real-time solutions to those challenges. And so it's an exciting company to be involved with because of that commitment, because of the passion that the people that uh, work for Cooter have for the work that they do. And I'm excited to see um, what comes next. Me too. And listeners, if you're excited as well, uh, the good news is there will be a link in the show notes to learn lots and lots more about Cuda. Uh, gents, that just leaves me to say for today, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thank you, Bill. Thanks, Bill. Have a good one. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working and please do continue to stay safe. 
Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.